Today we got a very special guest. He's a YouTube legend now on a C- on a CBS Sports Radio National Network. Went to YouTube to the national big time now. He's on the big stage. You can catch him every single night, Monday to Friday, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. The JR Sport Brief Show. It's the man himself, JR. JR, what's going on with you today, big guy? What's going on, yo? How's everything going? I like the the, the YouTube legend part. That's, yeah, that's I mean, you, you got to state the facts where it come from, man. You grinded from YouTube and got yourself on a national network, so gotta gotta pay the respects. I'll take it. I'll let you say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, first things first. Since we already got into it, talk about your journey from you know grinding, doing everything you had to do on, on YouTube, and now being on CBS uh, Sports Radio. Just how was that journey for you? Man, it's it, it was work. I mean, I put my first YouTube video up in 2009, and here we are in, in 2020. I didn't go the conventional route. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to journalism school. I started off on the production side right. and ended up on the opposite side of the camera. And I just kept putting out content and putting out content. And it's crazy to think about it. There's like 1,100 videos just from me on the internet which is a wild thing. Yeah. It's a wild thing to think about. So I've done TV and radio along the way. Um, you know, I think my, my first TV job was in New York City. I was working for WNBC4. And I've been fortunate to always still kind of be myself. I've never had to, you know, be the quote unquote traditional sportscaster guy. I kind of dug my own lane and being like a, a regular guy and just a regular sports fan having fun. I could polish it up every now and then. Uh, but it's, it's been a fun journey. So I, my first radio job was at WFAN in New York City. Oh, yeah. And that was, the, that was the first, like, full 24-7 uh, sports talk uh, station in the country. Wow. And so it was pretty cool to kind of get thrown on that platform. And then, uh, you know, obviously coming down to Atlanta and working with V103 and 92.9 The Game, and now also having a chance to do the nightly show. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot, a lot of work, but it's it's been a lot of fun along the way too. So, did you always know that you wanted to be in sports broadcasting? Like, was that your goal when you started, like your your own platform? Did you visualize it would take you this far, or was you just having fun? Like, oh, I can take this thing somewhere. Nah, I, I knew I was going to start it as as a business. That was my my plan. I wanted to to make it not just like a job, but a, a career. Mm-hmm. Um, I was producing before I did this. Like I was working with musicians and artists and people just to try to get them right uh, online. So whether it be TV, radio, podcasts, that would I, that's what I was doing. I mean, we didn't even have like the social media elements that we have now. So that's why I utilize YouTube. And I had a TV producer tell me, hey, I got all these different online shows. I'm starting to grow out my business and I don't have, I don't have sports. He said, why don't you start a sports blog? I know that's something that you like to do, like to watch and talk about. Why don't you go for it? And and let's see if we can grow it. So it was like a record label situation. He told me, Hey, if you can go outside and get popping on your own, I'll come back and help distribute you. And that's exactly what happened. And, um, he actually ended up selling his company to Google. 
And they actually took his whole company and started to build out all of these YouTube studios they have across the country, started building out that the playbook that that YouTube has, like best creative practices and things like that. So I was one of the first people to to kind of be down on that. And so my plan was to always grow it out and be a business, you know, whether I was going to do radio or TV or stick strictly to online. I knew that this was going to be an area of something that I wanted to to make some money in. So, you know, you mentioned being on B103, you're on the morning culture, obviously. And so with you also being in music and stuff like that, are you still, you know, I know you're, you're heavy into sports now. Uh, are you still trying to dabble in any, in any realm of music? Obviously you got real plugged in, you know, when you were in New York and obviously on B103. Um, so is there, is there anything left for you, you know, on that culture um, side of the side Tons. of the culture? Tons, tons, tons. You know, when entertainment in this day and age is entertainment and there's a huge cross section, especially it's just part of black culture. When you think about how it just all forms of entertainment, you know, it's unfortunate people outside the black community want to look at black folks as strictly entertainment, but it's, it's apparent when you look at, at what drives culture here in the United States of America, what drives culture and fashion and music, athletics uh, across the world, you know, it's, it's a lot of black folks. It's, it's athletes, it's our musicians, our, it's our entertainers. We are the, 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 the great export. And so for me, there's really no difference. I don't feel any more or less involved in, in music than I ever have been. I mean, there's certain instances of, you know, not necessarily, I don't want to sound crazy, like pulling a record. There was a point in time where my first internship actually was at Vibe Magazine. And yeah, we literally had, I guess this was a little bit towards the end, but we literally had like physical magazines. I think I have a magazine somewhere around here where like I'm in the back of it, just like, (laughs) just pretending to be a a student. I was a student at the time, but I think we were trying to say I was from like uh, Clark Atlanta or something. I'm over here giving away things I probably shouldn't say, but uh, no, so I, I don't feel any detached from music. I mean, a lot of the projects and things that I work on now mm-hmm. still involve music and musicians and artists. Everything is just so tied together. It doesn't seem any different to me. All right, well, you're a man of many hats there. Obviously, we know that. So let's go ahead and Hold dive on, in. I want to ask one more. Oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Before we get over <laughs> to, you know, the field and the court, I got one more question. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier that you didn't have like the traditional background in like journalism and broadcasting. So now at this point in your career, do you think, what do you think is like your biggest asset? Do you think it's like your personality and knowledge of like the game and knowledge of the music scene? Or do you think like you said, you have production skills. Do you think it's more of your technical skills or like your soft skills? It's, it's being well-rounded. I think that's something that's given me an advantage. Like I can sit down and edit video if I need to. I'm, I'm not going to put together no masterpiece. <laughs> I, know, I know how to edit video. I know how to edit audio. I know how to physically, manually go outside with a camera and shoot. You know, whether it's a, a, a handheld, uh, maybe I could do a little bit of something with a stony bread. But, you know, my skills are well-rounded. And I think coming up by myself, you know, typically someone who wants to cover sports, you go to broadcasting school, you study journalism, you pick up and learn those skills along the way. 
And it's like any other job or any other gig. It's like, okay, I have my degree. You know, I've, I've hopefully I've built some relationships where I can go ahead and find some work. And then it's just like, okay, here's your resume. Here is your reel from whatever maybe you did in school or put online. And you get thrown into the pool of, hey, what's going to make you stand out? And that's the case with any job. It don't matter what you want to do. But me starting off by myself and then coming from music, yeah, I had a different perspective. My brain, I like to think about marketing. I'm used to promoting and hyping up and highlighting other people, not myself. Yeah. And so I took those skills and applied it to myself. And I think what has set me apart over the years is I just don't look at it from a, you know, I want to be on air, you know, please hire me for your station thing. You know, I was able to, to kind of build up my own thing hand over fist online. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to go and gather attention. So it wasn't, hey, here's Manny Pacquiao, JR's talking to him on, you know, ESPN. It was just like, wow, Manny Pacquiao was on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on and on. So I've been fortunate to like have a one-on-one -on -one connection with people online because that's what digital is. It's, you can't... It, I can think back 20, 25 years, you could appreciate and love Stuart Scott, yeah. uh, but it wasn't a matter of, you know, you were going to hit him up or he was going to share an opinion or thought. You had to see him on TV. Right. And so online is big because you have that interaction. And mm -hmm. so whether it was from the fans who I had to build a rapport with and a respect that, hey, come watch me. I'm going to give you something worth watching or, or listening. And then you, you move along. And then I would have brands who would reach out and, and advertising agencies like, oh, wow, he's doing this. Let's try to use his platform, um, you know? And then I, I would have to personally build relationships with the teams. I would have to start to personally build relationships with the athletes, the advertising agencies. So as opposed to just, hey, I'm a talent and you get sucked into like, here, we're going to sit you at the desk and you're going to talk into the mic or you're going to talk into the screen or whatever the case may be. And then this is what you read and you think about all the other departments that are doing all the other work. I've been able to have like a, a real 360 about the business and knowing the distributors and knowing the folks at ESPN and, and, and Fox and all of these places and knowing the advertisers and the agents and so that's, I think, what has helped me out and made me different is that, you know, I've really taken this to be a real people business. Like, if I'm going to connect with somebody, you know, all of the relationships I've procured just over my lifetime, not that I'm old by any stretch of the imagination, but, <laughs> you know, every relationship, that's, that's what stays. So I haven't been kind of just like one dimensional. I think that's the... The, the biggest asset is just being able to rope all that together. Right. Well, I'm glad we got a piece of your time because you sound like a busy man. <laughs> but no, for real, that's awesome. Like you summed it up pretty well because um, a lot of people think they're just going to jump on YouTube, do their hair, and then all of a sudden these brands are going to be called every now and they, you know. Yeah, you know what? That's, <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a good point i was talking to some students up at howard this week and i tell people all the time you know it's so easy now because we, we all got access yeah. it's, it's, it's so easy for somebody to go online and get 
X amount of views. It doesn't matter if it's on IG. It doesn't matter if it's Twitter. But it's tough. I'd say nine out of ten things, nine point nine out of ten things don't go viral. They they don't hit. And a lot of the things that you do see that are viral is just like, well, damn, I'm doing this, and I wish I had this many. Or damn, how does this doing that, and I'm doing this. You know, if you if you lay the groundwork, I, I would tend to tell you I've had things that pop up and go viral over the course of doing this for 10 years. I have things that go through, yeah. but for the most part, it's about the consistency. Exactly. If you can lay the groundwork, if you can build out a content calendar, if you can stay committed and, and, and have a plan for what you're doing and know it may go this way or this way or this way, but that's still a part of your plan. Right. I think you have a longer uh, chance or stretch of, of having success right. rather than, oh my God, I just, I'm going to put this up. It didn't work in a week or two weeks. I tell folks like, yo, have a solid, if you really believe in something, if you really are committed to it, if you really have the talent, like try it out for two or three months, like get a calendar out, say, this is what I plan for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This is what I plan maybe for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and stick to it. Because people have so many options. It's like, yo, if, if I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to tell people, hey, come get it every Thursday, and I skip a Thursday. They're going to be like, he ain't, he ain't about it. Like, I'm tricking. <laughs> right. I'm, right like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, other things to do. I'm going to leave. <laughs> That's our number one argument. Dylan, you said you was going to put it up on Tuesday. It's Tuesday. We said Tuesday. Consistency, consistency is the key. That's a fact. Because you want to get, it's like programming. Like here in the, in, in the majority of the world, but developed world, you can ask anybody here in America. I don't care what city you live in. I don't care if you don't have a TV. If you tell somebody, what time does the news come on at night? They're going to be able to tell you. It don't matter. It's going to be like six o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock. Right. Everybody knows when you get home, what time the news is. Mm-hmm. And it's no, it's no different than your favorite TV show, your favorite. You know when it comes on. You know the frequency. And can you imagine just like, I don't know, making some shit up now. Excuse me. But <laughs> can you imagine if somebody, the Sopranos or The Wire or HBO, these are big businesses. If they were just like, oh, well, you know what? We ain't edit that episode of The Wire. We're almost done. <laughs> We're almost finished. Just come back Monday. People will be like, yo, what the hell is this? Exactly. <laughs> and it's no different. You know, when people want to produce content on their own, you got to produce it and you have to take the same approach because people have so many options. It don't matter if it's, if it's HBO or The Shy or whatever the case may be. People have so many options and you got you to gotta stand out. I mean, even now for... When I started, there wasn't as many content options. It's like, okay, you can watch on YouTube. There was no Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter did not have video. It was like Facebook, if I remember, didn't have video. You were flipping through, through photos. So the world is just so much, it's, it's so wide open. And it's like, hey, if you can carve your niche, if you can be committed to it, if you can show a brand or a company that this is who I am, this is what I represent, there's, there's money out there even without having just like a gigantic audience because everything is so hyper-focused right now. Yeah, well, 
Gerald, you've definitely been the epitome of creating your own lane, staying consistent, and making your way up to the top. So I respect it um, most definitely. Let's go ahead and jump in the NFL lane and get some of your takes on that. So we've we've seen some 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 teams do great, some teams not do so great. First, you know, we both Atlanta dudes. I want to get you. Well, you are you're from New York, aren't you? From New York, yeah. yeah from Can't New you York. tell by the accent? I mean, I can tell, but I know he spent a lot of time in Atlanta too. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the Falcons have not got off to the most great start. Who's so you gonna fire Dan Quinn? You gonna get him out of here? I'm about to ask you, if if we somehow start 0-4, which I don't think we will, I think we'll beat the Bears on Sunday. I'm fingers crossed, but you know, nothing surprised me at this point. Right. But on the on the chance we do start 0-4, do you think the Falcons make that move? Arthur Blank makes that move and gets rid of Dan Quinn. I don't know. Shoot, I thought he was gonna make that move last year. And <laughs> right. they, they, they got hot towards the end of the year. Raheem took over the defense, they ended up I think winning four straight in a row at the end of the year, and that kind of saved us behind. You know, I think Arthur Blank is a very kind man. When you think about some of these owners in the NFL and everything cutthroat, I mean, I could think about some other markets where, you know, he would have got canned last year. You know, there's some other markets where he wouldn't have been able to make it past the disaster in the Super Bowl. Uh And, and, And here he is. You know, I think regardless of what happens this year, I think would have to be something catastrophic. And I think we've already seen it. So I think he's going to see the whole year out. It doesn't matter how long uh, or, or what the team looks like. I mean, you would have had grounds. Think about it. If what happened against the Cowboys happened, let's say, five, six, seven weeks from now, mm-hmm. there's a good chance he'd be gone. Right. And he's still here. So I, I think eventually he is going to go. Um, it's just a matter of when. I, I would put money on that. I, I, I don't see a scenario where Dan Quinn is the guy leading the Falcons back to a Super Bowl, and that's just reality. His ass eventually, sooner than later, is going to have to go, and they're going to have to think about a new philosophy. They may have to get a new GM and Dimitrov. Um, it's unfortunate because when you think about the ages of the players and where guys are at. This is a squad right now. Calvin Ridley might be young. Julio is probably going to be uh, solid for a bunch more years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all you can try to do is patch this team back together. Exactly. But you either going to run in place, you got to stop the treadmill and, and start again, or you can hope that you can go back. And I don't see any indicators that, you know, they're going to have a miraculous turnaround over the next year or two with Dan Quinn and, and and go to the Super Bowl and win it. That's the name of the game. That's the point. Yeah. And they, they ain't there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's to the point now where we're kind of in a in a limbo, you know. If if I like I said, I don't see it where we get to the point where we make a miraculous turnaround, any significant changes happen, unless we get rid of Dan Quinn, unless we make a huge change, probably even Dimitrov too. Um, but they pitched the Arthur Blank pitched the whole thing of, you know, well, they went six and two down the stretch. We're going to keep this thing together because we think it's going to get better. They, the whole continuity pitch, and that doesn't seem to really be panning out right now. So, it, it, like you said, it puts us in a tough position because we have these pieces that are older, and you would hate to try to start over with a new coach, give Matt Ryan another offensive coordinator, even though he's very talented and could probably do what he needs to do. But still, it's going through those old growing pains again, going through the growing pains 
of a head coach and trying to, you know, get that established, things like that. So it's a bad situation because that window is closing and closing quicker than we think. But, you know, if we keep Dan Quinn, it, what's going to happen too, even though we have the continuity, are we even going to put ourselves in position to win? So it's a tough spot. When you are going to lose out this season, though. Yeah, yeah. When when you're running an organization, when you're running a team, you there's there's like three phases of it, right? You can either ascend and be building up towards like going. I mean, not to to kind of switch things, but you look at a team like the Denver Nuggets in basketball, yeah. and you could say the Nuggets are an ascending team. They they're like on a on a come up, right? You can kind of be rebuilding. Or you could just kind of be in the middle. You could be whatever. And the, the Falcons ain't ascending. How are you going to ascend? There's no – the ascension ain't there. They are, they are a mediocre team. They're an, they're an average team. They're whatever. And it's like you can they, – they're closer to doing this than they are going in this direction. And so how do you do that? you you got to change things up. So it's inevitable. It's unfortunate. I, I, I really think that – you know, they're going to have to hit that reset button and maybe they get lucky. That's the thing is sports. Anything can happen. Mm -hmm. But I say more often than not, they're going to be in a funky spot for several years. Yeah. It could be from now to the next five. If things really got to start over again, it ain't it ain't looking too good. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't I don't have confidence. I know it's hurting, it's hurting my heart. JR is a Falcons fan, it's hurting oh. me, but it's the truth. My uh, bad. Before we talk about the Falcons all day, like we do every <laughs> podcast, talk about no, jealous we Falcons. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> Let me ask you about my team, okay? We got a lot going on in Philly right now. You know, you've seen, you've seen, you on Twitter, you've seen everybody talking about Carson Wentz. Right. Um, do you think there's a chance Jalen Hurts can be seeing some starting time this year? I'm going to just ask you straight Listen, up. Listen, Wentz, uh, yeah, if Wentz keeps going the way he's going, I think he has four interceptions so far. He threw two one game, then he threw two another. He, he mm -hmm. can't find anybody. Uh, he, he looks unsettled in the pocket. Uh, who beat them this week? The the Rams. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the Rams, they not pushovers. They're, they're playing better than I think a lot of people thought them to. Yeah. Right. Jared Goff earning his money without some of those bigger weapons. You know, Todd is now here with the, the Falcons. Uh, I, I think so. I think you, you will have an opportunity to see him. I don't know if they're going to, you know, try to start bringing him in on gadget plays and then slowly but surely integrating him. But I think any any rookie quarterback is behind the eight ball this year. So I think that that might be a saving grace for Carson unless he gets hurt. You know, last night uh, the Dolphins played the Jaguars and I'm like, OK, well, damn, I know I got to see a million shots of Tua on the bench on the sideline. But it's like a waste of time for me because it's like, OK, Ryan Fitzpatrick is keeping the seat warm for Tua. You right. think about Justin Herbert, who only played this week because Tyrod Taylor got jabbed in the lung with a needle. <laughs> Tyrod is keeping the seat warm uh, for Justin Herbert. And then when it comes down to Wentz, I mean, they have so much money invested in him. I don't know how quick they're going to be. to. I think we will see Tua. I think we might see Herbert before we actually see Jalen out there throwing it around. So my thing is... One, I'm going to ask you, it's a two-part question. One, 
do you think we paid Wentz too soon? I mean, we never got him in the clutch. He's never been clutch. You know, that's the one thing you need out of your quarterback is clutchness. He's never been clutch. Last year in the playoffs, we his first playoff game, he went out hurt. Whether it was dirty hit, whatever, still wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Josh McCown had to come in. We already know Nick Foles won us our Super Bowl. Super Bowl year, his MVP year, the 2017, the year everybody wants to go back to, we had a stellar team. We had a great team, great defense, great offense. Mind you, in the game that you saw against the Rams, we have his O-line, all veterans. They've all been playing together for years, Pro Bowl for years. He got a veteran to Deshaun. He got a veteran and a tight end. I just don't know what's not clicking. It's not like he's playing with a bunch of young dudes. So I'm like, dang, bro, this is your fifth year. Like, you looking like questionable. So Dak, you saw they, they waited to pay Dak, and everybody was like, oh, they waited to pay Dak. Maybe we should have waited to pay Wentz. You want to go ahead and take some of that, that money back? How many more years he got? Three? Three years? Yeah. About three? Yeah. Yeah. I, do I think they paid him too soon? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, that's the name of the game. When you got a when you got a rookie, and I, I believe what did he he put up he put up a solid season, uh, a low interception ratio. Yeah. It, it, he put up a solid year, mm-hmm. and they paid him off of his potential and what he could be. You would expect that like year to year, especially if he's healthy. And that's the that's the give and the take. I know the New York Jets are in a similar position right now with Sam Darnold but they put trash around him and eventually they got to make the decision as to whether or not they're going to, they're going to pay him. And so, you know, Wentz got paid, he's going to get his money. I think when he signed his quarterback deal, I think at that time it was the biggest quarterback deal in NFL history. And then I think Goff took it and, and then we just keep on rolling. Now we got a guy in Pat Mahomes making a, a half billion dollars he can project to make. Um, so that's the name of the game. And it's the same thing with, with running backs. Like, I look at a Dalvin Cook. He's been around three years. I feel like he's been hurt for, for, for almost half his career. Yep. And it's like, okay, he has an awesome year. And the Vikings almost, they're going to wallow in mediocrity themselves. They got no chance or no choice but to pay him. And so with Wentz, was it too soon? If I believe when, when it was time, his, his option was coming close. And it's just like, what do we do? We we gotta keep he had Nick the Foles. option of Foles, remember? Sure. Well, well, Nick Foles. We see where he's at. Yeah. What, what is Nick Foles? He couldn't. He couldn't take a job from Mitch Trubisky. But you know, exactly. we got okay. For to y'all, it's Nick Foles. To us, you know, Nick Foles has a very special place in our heart. Well, I know Nick Foles, <laughs> and I'm very happy that Nick Foles whooped the Patriots' ass and 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 helped deliver a Super Bowl. Trust me, I I was thrilled. I got a, a Ricky Waters Eagles jersey that I, <laughs> I, I happily wore around uh, the day after that Super Bowl. I was thrilled. You know, anytime the Patriots lose for me is, is a holiday. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's it's tough now. They got Cam Newton. It's like, well, damn, I, I like the quarterback. I like Cam, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I like the quarterback, but I, I could care less about the team. Mm-hmm. But come on, Nick Foles, he delivered, and but – what else is anybody expecting out of him? He's still Nick Foles. Nick yeah. Foles remind me a lot of um, Joe Flacco. He had that one good little stretch, and then that was because really it. we had a great team. Like we had a great team. And Joe Flacco team. has some great teams. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, we drafted her second round for a reason. So we'll. So are you? So right now, now this moment, you think the the, the Eagles' fortunes would be different if they would have kept Nick Foles? It's a possibility. I feel but- like 
if we kept Nick Foles, no. But we wouldn't have had millions tied up in the Nick Foles. Like, we had to have tied up in a Carson. Then we could have got Jalen Hurts, still had be 0-2, but Jalen Hurts could be developing. Like, the money wouldn't be tied up. If we okay. were going to draft – if y'all knew y'all were going to draft early for a backup quarterback a, who's going to potentially be a starter soon, like Jalen Hurts has starter potential if he's developed right. Why would we tie up all that money in the wins? We could have kept Foles for a cheap deal and then developed Hurts. We this season might be a wash anyway, is all I'm saying. Like Sure. We could at least have Hurts next year, you know, ready to go. That's all I'm saying. That's the no, I got you. That's the that's the name of the game. I don't I, to be honest, I would have let Foles go as well. Um, who knows? Maybe he can still he can still figure it out. He certainly looks like trash right now. I mean Derek- <laughs> Derek Carr, right? But Derek Carr, Derek Carr. I've always thought Derek Carr was a very good quarterback. I thought he was an above-average QB. I thought Derek Carr, and I still think he's a QB that you can win with. But you want to look at the past year and and change. People have been looking at him like, "Yo, you a bum? You a bum?" (laughs) I I don't think that's that's the case. And some of these guys, when you have a quarterback, I look at quarterbacks kind of like two ways or three ways. You got QBs that you know can win you the game. Mm-hmm. Just like you know going into the game, we can win. You know you may not win every game, but you know you will be in the game because your quarterback is good. Your quarterback can even help you win. Like you got guys, you get them in a two-minute drill, you just like, all right, we got this. We good. <laughs> and then you, got, you got quarterbacks before you even start the game you know right out of the gate, right out of the box, like, yo, this is going to be tough to win. Let's just wait on the interception. Let's wait on the fumble. That's your Jameis Winston from last year. You know, that's your, 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 your toss-up with a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to get me, you know, three touchdowns today, or is he going to get me three INTs? Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield is kind of that way. Like, what am I going to get out of these, this guy today? And so it's tough. Like, you got to figure out whether or not you're going to pay your QB, whether you're going to stink, or just hope you, you, you can get a new one. It's, and if you keep him one, you got to pay him. It's just what it is. All right, so while we're on the QB train, let's focus one more question on the, on the NFL and QBs, and then we're going to move up to the hardware real quick. So we've been having this debate, Simone and I have been lately, about Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. So I just want to get your take on it. Which one, if you had to start an NFL franchise right now with one of them, which one are you picking? I'm going to go with the guy who has the, the MVP and the Super Bowl MVP. There you go. I'm going to go with the guy who, you know, I, I don't necessarily have concerns about whether his legs are going to hold up. I don't got to worry about him dealing with Cam Newton stuff another, you know, seven, eight years from now. Well, oh, well, he got a foot injury. Oh, well. He got a shoulder injury. Oh, well, he tried to juke somebody out their shoes and (laughs) he ripped the ligament in his leg. And so, I mean, even Pat Mahomes, you play football, it don't matter what you do, you're going to get hurt. Pat Mahomes dislocated his knee and he missed two games last season. It's like, oh, he's only gone for two games and he's back already. But I, I, I just think he is a safer bet. I think when you talk about what an overall quarterback's supposed to do, look, Lamar Jackson is a freak of an athlete. And no doubt about that. And he's able to utilize that in the quarterback position. And it looks like he's still getting better. I don't think he threw 
36 touchdowns last year uh, because he was just such a great QB. I actually think it, he's late in the game and he was able to overcompensate because of his athleticism. Right. I mean, I'm not going to take nothing away from his throwing ability through 36 touchdowns with six INTs, but how does that last in the long run? How does he continue to grow as a QB? Would I be surprised if he went out and gave you another? I think he rushed for 1,206 yards last year. Yeah. Do I think that's going to happen again? <laughs> Maybe with the way the NFL goes. But you do that enough, one day you won't get laid out. Like, it's, that's just what it is. So, you know, I see Pat Mahomes play, and he'll take a hit. But this man will go get yards and move the hell out the way. It's ugly. <laughs> It's like, it's like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has been playing for eight years. Generally, he might be the smallest guy on the field. He can rush anywhere for every year, somewhere between 300, 800 yards. And I guess playing baseball helped him out. He slides. This man has not missed a game. The Seahawks are in it every single year because of him. You know, this ain't the Legion of Boom anymore. And so you talk about durability. Do I think Lamar Jackson is going to just play eight consecutive years and not lose or, or not miss a game? Hell no. Like, it's, it's par for the course in, in, in how he plays. But, hey, you got guys like Ben Roethlisberger. He stood in the pocket for 15 years now plus and just got hit. You yeah. got I mean, but he ain't running all over the place. Uh, you got Brett Favre, who played almost 20 years and, and played 297 consecutive games, and he got walloped and hit and kept playing. But those dudes, they weren't the, – the defensive ends and the linebackers were coming for them. Exactly. They weren't going out to the second and third level trying to challenge everybody and dropping shoulders and jutes and so – it's tricky. Pat Mahomes, no doubt about it. I still think it's crazy for a guy to play his full first season and throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Like, who, how do you do that? Like, who does that? Exactly. <laughs> so I got to go with Pat Mahomes. I'm going the same way. You, you touched on it exactly to me. I made the same comparison. To me, he's a better, younger version of Russell Wilson, like a, just a little baby goat. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson, if he can develop, if he can develop a passing game like Patrick Mahomes, not saying that he will, if, but if he can and be kind of more that passer who can run instead of, you know, is, is his secondary is running, um, then I think Lamar Jackson will end up being a better quarterback. But I don't see him adding that Pat Mahomes type of passing ability to his repertoire. Now, he's a, he can be a good passer. He's already a pretty good passer, but I just don't know if he'll get to that level. Um, and if you add that with that freak of nature athletic ability, then you're working with something. But, you know, him rushing for over 1,200 yards each year is not going to get it cut. It's too much wear and tear on the yeah, body because he's putting up Pro Bowl running back numbers, and Pro Bowl running backs don't last that long, long in the league anymore. <laughs> so so if, he, if he keeps that up, then, you know, it's, gonna, it's not going to – I don't think it'll last too long for Lamar. But yeah. let's go ahead and move over to the NBA, JR. You were talking about last night. I was listening to you last night. Um, Work, not last night, maybe the night before. One of the one of these days, not too long. They all run the same. <laughs> to me, Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. They all run together at this point. But talking about the the Nuggets and you know how they're they're not winning a championship this year, but they're on the ups and up, man. Really, honestly, do you think for the Nuggets, it's a situation of 
they kind of just got to kind of wait out till LeBron leave and LeBron retire? Nah, I don't think so. We don't know what Anthony Davis is going to do. You That's know, true. you mentioned that too, yeah. You really, you really don't know. I assume if you win a title with one team, you might want to run it back. Or, yeah. you know, if you're Kawhi Leonard, you're just like, all right, I did my joint. Yeah. This is, I got three, <laughs> got three rings now. I'm just, I'm out of here. I'm going home. You know, maybe right. Anthony Davis wants to play with Billy Donovan and Zach Levine. Maybe Anthony Davis doesn't want to play with LeBron. Maybe he goes to Chicago. I have no idea. None, none at all. But I do know when you think about the Western Conference and you think about, I told you, you can be on the upswing, you could be this way, or you could just be kind of down in the dumps. And the Nuggets are on an upswing. It doesn't matter if they're eliminated uh, over the weekend. It doesn't matter if their year comes to an end. I think playing in this bubble, I think the comebacks, I think the confidence level of a a Jokic and a Murray, I think it gives them a, a push to say, Oh well, damn! We can we can come out right. and do more. Like, what is the next step? It's not we got we almost got there, yeah. and if if we can execute, we can we can be better. And I think Michael Porter Jr. If if he can develop and get a little bigger, get a little stronger, actually play some defense. And I mean, I don't think he's older than than twenty years old. Yeah, no, he's yeah. super young. He's, this is yeah. only his what like second, third league in the year. Because I mean, his very first year, I don't think at all. Yeah, because yeah, his back was his back was messed up. Yeah. Uh, but no, nah, I think I, I think they can be solid for for years to come. Uh, I know they're both. I think Jamal Murray's contract is just getting underway. His big deal when this season ends. I think Jokic is probably in like year two of his four or five year deal. Jokic is is twenty five. Murray, I think, is twenty three. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's going to be crazy. I, you think about the teams in the West, okay, you're going to have the Clippers. They'll win 50, and hopefully they can not complain about their chemistry. Uh, <laughs> exactly. No, I don't know what Phoenix is doing. Devin Booker is great. Aiton's great. But when have the Suns ever done anything? They kind of get torpedoed by their own ownership. Um, maybe I'm missing somebody in the West. I don't believe a damn thing. In Utah, I mean Donovan Mitchell and Gobert. Like, like whatever, Gobert is more. He might be a, a solid defensive player, but it's not like he's chipping in anything offensively. It's just, hey Donovan, go get some buckets and <laughs> off to to one of our back Donoviches and whatever or or Joe. Joe <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, they don't got nobody. The NBA is built around like who's gonna go get it. Yeah. Not just who's going to jack some shots up, mm-hmm. but who's going to go get it. I'm excited about, and the Celtics are probably done, but I'm excited about the Celtics because they got a guy on their team in Tatum who looks like, okay, he ain't scored uh, any points in the first half of the game, and then he came out and scored 28 in yeah. the second half. He's the type of guy where if you're the coach, all you got to do is say, give him the ball and move out the way. And I think Jamal Murray is that type of player. I think Jokic is a problem. I I had people calling me last night saying, oh, Jokic was, he's being exposed. Yeah, he he ain't going to be the the, the best defender. But how many Anthony Davises is this guy going to have to face every night? You know, he's he's doing his job to a certain point. But Jamal Murray looks like a killer. Uh, Jason Tatum looks like a killer. John Morant looks like a killer. 
those are the guys that 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 help you win. And I, I, I like the Nuggets. I, I think because they got a killer and they got another all-star who is just an amazing big man who may not even look like he needs to be out there playing basketball. Right. But, <laughs> he, he, but I, I, I think the Nuggets, they're going to be around for a few years. It's, it's fun to watch. It's cool always to see new teams step up. And then you can't forget the Warriors. Like, who knows what they do with their, their draft pick. This is, uh, it's not quite on quite the, the quote unquote, the last stand for them, but come on. These are guys who are kind of sitting at 30 and 31 and 32. It's like, we got to hit this button right now or we're going to, it's going to be over. Right. Um, and let me, let's give me, let's give one more question before we will get you out of here. So I, this is a team I just really like because they honestly, they got a lot of dogs on their team. I'm talking about the Miami Heat. We saw Tyler Hero show his potential and go off. Jimmy Butler, always about winning. Duncan Robinson, you know, always hitting from three. Bam Adebayo was an all-star as well. This is a team, do you think, you know, if if we see the Miami Laker NBA Finals, do you see them giving any problems? Because we've seen the Lakers, you know, kind of come out in some of these series. I think it was the – um. Their first series, who they played against, I forget the team they played against Rockets. the first round. The, no, Rockets was second round. Um, who they, who, oh, Blazers. Blazers, okay. Same. Oh, the Blazers, Blazers, Blazers. Blazers. Yeah. They yeah. was nothing. They was just had a stretch. I'm saying, uh, but, I, but, but this is what I'm saying. They gave up a game, yeah. game one to the Blazers, gave up game one to the Rockets. Now they went on to win the rest of them. But my point being, this is a better team they're facing in Miami who's about going and getting it. And every game, every game, they don't Miami, relax. They don't game. relax. They don't relax. They out there to win every game. So you, can you see if it is Lakers in Miami? Can you see Miami giving the Lakers a real run for their money? I could. It's not going to be easy. Not at all. I think I would still go with the Lakers just because of LeBron. I think at the end of the day, this is somebody who has the option to to hold the basketball. And if he says, "I right, these dudes ain't doing it." If he has to <laughs> absolutely go and get it himself, yeah. he will. I think Anthony Davis is between – they're still the two best guys on the court. That's right. Whether or not the other Kuzma or, or, or Pope or Green or, or Rondo or, or Morris or whatever the hell comes. It's like, okay, can I count on these other guys to maybe get me 10 points a night? Is Danny Green going to go 0 from 5? From, from downtown again, it's tricky. It's not going to be easy. I think the bubble is a team. Well, the, the, the Heat have been helped by the bubble. Sure. And we have heard guys, and I'm just like, oh, stop the complaining. Paul George may say chemistry, but it's just like nobody wants to hear because y'all got more talent than everybody. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care who had to walk out and leave and come back for a funeral. Like, y'all are playing. Y'all got the most talent. Just shut up and play. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, do I think, do I think the Bucs would have fared better if they were playing at home, if this was quote-unquote normal? I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But having said that, you know, the cream rises to the top. And you know, when you got a solid organization, when you're the Heat, Spolstra has been there. He's the longest-tenured coach, I think, behind Popovich. Got to have been around for, like, I don't know, 10 to, to 12 years or something right now. You got Pat Riley. You know what the structure is. Right. And like you said, they got dogs on the team. I didn't have faith in the Miami Heat to get to this point because I don't generally trust, like, young jump shooters. 
Like you gonna shoot sometimes and they gonna go in and then sometimes you gonna shoot yourself out. So to look at a Tyler Hero to give you 37 or look at a, a Duncan Robinson, it's not surprising to me to see Duncan Robinson say, okay, I'm gonna give you, you know, seven, eight three-pointers one day and to see him score three the next, not surprising. Right. But do I think in a playoff game, maybe in Miami, but if he's on the road, is Tyler Hero giving somebody what, 37 points? Probably, probably not. The, 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 yeah, the team would probably be much more reliant on, on Jimmy Butler and, and Goran Dragic to say, all right, we might have to, to carry the load. But these dudes, they just balling out like it's the YMCA. It's just like, exactly. you, you get hot, you get hot. So I think the Heat have a, a great shot. I'm not going to say I'd be surprised if they beat the Lakers because I wouldn't be. Yeah. I, would, I would go ahead and select the Lakers to win, but it ain't going to be easy, I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I, I don't think it would be easy either, because, like you said, because I think we've seen with this bubble how much those role players, not the stars, because the stars, they travel, their game travels, whether it's LeBron, you can put Jimmy Butler in there, whoever you want to put in there, Kawhi, whoever. Their game travels. But the role players, I think this bubble's shown how much they feed off the crowd energy and how much, you know, if they're on the road, how much that crowd negative energy can affect them too. And being in a neutral site has really shown like, okay, these guys can really, like you said, just kind of take some of the weight off their shoulders and just ball um, like they're in the YMCA. So I think that's really. Tyler Hero is, Tyler Hero is 20 years old. Right. Mm Tyler Hero is, uh, I mean, I've seen Tyler Hero wearing a do-rag. Like, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't see Tyler Hero being 20, walking into uh, somewhere in the playoffs and, and just not catching the earful. You're a professional, yeah, you can, you go do your job. Yeah. But come on, it's, it's, it's part of being a human, and the cream rises to the top. So it's a solid benefit for a team like Miami that all they have to do for a team that's built that way. It's not like, oh, Jimmy Butler, we signed Jimmy. Jimmy Butler's going to be the guy for us. But Jimmy Butler sets that example. He helps set that tone of, mm-hmm. we're going to go balls to the wall. We're going to go all the damn way. We're going to leave it out on the court. Mm-hmm. And just for, for straight hooping and not going for hoopla and noise and crowd and all of that, yep. I'm not surprised. I thought the Milwaukee Bucks were, were going to beat the Heat. Yeah. And – uh, here we are, the Miami Heat. Uh, the, the bubble has certainly helped them, and I think, I think, yeah, I think they're going to play the Lakers. I think they're going to give them hell, but I'm going to go with L.A. Yeah, I'm definitely going with L.A. I can't bet against LeBron James, especially when it comes to leadership-wise, like natural-born leader. I don't think – yes, Jimmy is a dog, but so is LeBron James, okay? <laughs> yeah. When it's time for them to wake up, they gonna see him when he coming back in the game, glaring them down. I gotta come back in because y'all not doing your job. Yeah. They gonna know it's time to tighten up, okay? Because they hearing it from LeBron. I know they're hearing it around the bubble. Like, you know oh, absolutely. What I mean? So I'm going with the Lakers. Dylan going with the Lakers. I'm too. going with the Lakers. He's high on the heat right now. He high on the heat. I'm not. I'm high on the heat too because this Heat Celtics boy. I mean, yeah, I'm high on the heat too, just because and their and their attack is so balanced as well. Part of that, you know, does of course all this is benefiting from the bubble, but their attack has been so balanced throughout these playoffs. They got like eight, seven, eight guys um, averaging in double figures, you know, throughout mm-hmm. this whole entire playoff series and the regular season too. Um, a lot of that, like you said, benefits from the bubble, but they got such an balanced attack too. So you got to really respect everybody out there on the court 
at one time. Yeah. Two versatile guys out there. Bam can stretch the floor. Obviously, you got Duncan and Tyler stretching the floor. So, I mean, I, I like the Heat, but I think when it comes – if when it boils down, it's LeBron James. He can take over. He can put that – Game six, Miami versus Boston Celtics face on, and he can do what it do. And, and don't Davis forget, Iguodala, LeBron will run you down again. <laughs> Coming for the block. I want to take him to the barber. I don't know if he's still got the same hops, but uh, I think LeBron James would probably catch him again. Andre Iguodala. Uh, he was up. running down Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Yeah, LeBron going to catch anybody at this point. 35 years old. Hey. You know, I think sometimes we can get caught up, or just people in general, in too much of, oh, we're watching the game on TV. I try to break it down as simple as possible. If I'm looking at these guys walk into a gym, if I see them playing, it's real obvious who the best players are. Right. Do the Heat, they got more consistency? Does everybody have bowlers on their squad? Yes. But if you're telling me starting lineup, starting lineup, and I got to look at it and say, okay, one game, winner takes all. Oh, and yeah. walking out there with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I got to look at the heat. It's real simple. You got to put the ball in the basket. That's it right. may be difficult at times, but I'm going to look at the two. I'm like, yo, LeBron James could get the ball and just running back Adrian Peterson his way up for layups. And I'm just <laughs> I'm going with that guy. So let's see what happens. I'm just happy that we got through the season. Right. And um, – it should be it should be a fun finals. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about the NBA finals in October, but yeah, right. Here we are. All right, Lab, real quick. This is a real quick question. We, we, I'm about to get out here. I know he I know he ready to go, but I'm about, I got one more question just for just just for Atlanta purposes. Yes. Are, are the Hawks a playoff team next year? Real quick. Don't get heartbroken again. He don't. Argue. I'm just no. I'm. It's. I'm. You're me, you're making me think about all the teams in the East. I haven't thought about the bum teams that didn't get into the bubble. So I got to think about with Orlando, probably Washington. Um, Brooklyn is going to take up an extra spot. Cause so they, let's, they let's, let's count real quick. We got, we have Brooklyn Nets, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll, Milwaukee Bucks will, will be back. Miami. Miami will go. Indiana will go probably. I don't know. You don't know about Indiana? Uh, Victor Oladipo might be done, but I, I would put the Pacers probably in that 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 lowest space. But we can count the Pacers, yeah. Um, Who else this year? There. Oh, you think Orlando probably gonna be? Orlando probably. Orlando is a waste of a basketball team. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy they went to the finals with, with 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 Dwight Howard, and all he had to do was throw the ball out to shooters. Right. Like, I don't I don't I don't feel like Orlando's been a basketball team since since Shaq left. Okay, <laughs> that's a long time ago. All right, we'll move to Orlando. We got to count Toronto though, because they'll be in the playoffs. We don't know how far they'll go. Philadelphia, they should be back unless somebody gets hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I want to say the Hawks. They, they might compete for a A spot. Yeah. Maybe you see some development from from Cam Reddish. That'd be nice. He. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes he looked completely lost, and then other times it was just like, oh, here you go with. With, with 20. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's really the development of, of Reddish. I think it'd be nice to see John Collins do something besides run a pick and roll. And um, that's something else I think about. They haven't played with Capella. Yeah. That's right. I, 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 I don't know how much of a difference outside of defensively yeah. that you'll get between 
Clint Capella and, and, and John Collins, okay, granted, John Collins can shoot. He can knock down a three if you leave him open. He ain't going to go get it himself. No. And if, if I'm Trey Young and I got John Collins on one side and I got Clint Capella on the other, Trey Young is, is, is looking to, 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 to pull up. He's looking to drive to the basket. It's, it's, it's tricky. So uh, they got to figure it out. I know that's why they're in their, their bubble right now playing. Um, let's see what happens. But, yeah, they could, I wouldn't be surprised if they competed for an eighth spot. I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and won 35 games, if I'm being honest. Yeah, honestly, it could go up either way. I think the biggest X, like you said, you know, Herter being more aggressive, too, because Kevin Herter, he can ball. He, you know, he shows some flashes, too, but it definitely all comes down for me. Cam Reddish, when, when he was involved in the game plan last year, when Coach Pierce got him involved um, on the offensive side, um, he was great there. He can go get a basket is was defensively that made him so much better and when he's engaged on the offense his defense became so much better he can be a really good defender if he wants to be though and he's motivated sure. That's one thing Look, keep it engaged the the hawks they ain't going to be better they're not going to win everything if it's just like trey young and the hawks it can't be it can't be like here we got destiny's child it's beyonce and everybody <laughs> else it's it's not gonna work it's not gonna work so yeah, Reddish absolutely has to step up and be a, a solid option. Let Kevin Herter go off every now and then. Let John Collins. I mean, it's crazy the guy can get you a, a 20, but I'm not confident that he can do it himself on a consistent basis. Cam Reddish should be able to go out and, and get you a bucket. You should be able to sit Trey, Trey Young down for a little bit without him just going, okay, I got to dribble drive, hurt myself, and jack up a three. It does, shouldn't work that way. Exactly. Well, JR, I appreciate the time, man. Thanks for chopping it up with us. You can catch him on all the social media platforms at JR Sport Brief. And listen to the man on CBS Sports Radio, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night, Monday through Friday. He's coming with the facts. And he's coming with that good knowledge as well. Great insight. JR, thank you so much again, man. We appreciate it. No doubt. Anytime, y'all. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, JR. Appreciate you, brother.